Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, one of the debates you'll have heard of over the last few days is on cannabis use and psychiatrists warning that the use of cannabis represents the gravest threat to the mental health of young people in Ireland today. Strong words for sure there. It's also being reported that hospital admissions of young people who have a cannabis-related diagnosis has increased by 300% between 2005 and 2017. And Councillor Daniel Butler of Fine Gael, who's also uh, a councillor in the area of addiction, so that's C-O-U-N-S-E-L-L-O-R, as opposed to his uh, political title, and Joe Slattery from JS Equine Assisted Therapies, who has experience in adolescent drug education, are both on the line uh, now. And uh, you're welcome. Good morning um, to you. Um, Daniel, this has caused quite a debate, hasn't it? I mean, there are, you know, very well-known figures um, who believe that cannabis should be legalised and believe they have a mountain of evidence to support that view. Yeah, you know, any time when we discuss cannabis, whether to be in my day job or, or politically, you know, we always orientate towards the issue of legalisation. I suppose that this particular report from the psychiatrist is in relation to young people and their concerns for young people. And certainly what I am experiencing on the ground working with young people is that you know we definitely are seeing a significant increase in the use of cannabis in a range of formats, um, definitely on the ground, and it is ca- it is causing issues. You know when young people do use uh, substances, at a, when they're using at a young age, the the, the issues that it causes long term for the life it, it increases if you use it at quite a young age. So in the article, it quotes uh, people presenting themselves, uh, I think, as young as age eleven uh, at a psychiatry level. Uh, and that has to be one, one of huge concern. Um, and is part of the issue here, Daniel, that, you know, let's be upfront about this. A lot of people listening this morning may well have used cannabis, perhaps in their youth, and might think to themselves, it didn't do me any harm. Yeah, absolutely. That may be the case. But it, it did, it's a psychoactive substance. You know, it's a mood-altering substance. And often the question that when we're working with young people, we ask, why are you using it? And often that's the, the issue, Joe, is why uh, are, are, do you feel that you need to use a substance? What's going on for you? And that's often where the issues become. And addiction becomes comes into play. And when addiction comes into play, then, you know, you know your, the suffering comes into play as well along with it. So I know a lot of people kind of take that view, but, you know, we... In relation, because there has been a view around cannabis being, being harmless, the level of research we have around it isn't great, um, especially along the longitudinal research or research over a long period. But we're starting to get better at it. So at the moment, for example, Canada uh, is going to, is going through a legalisation process. They have legalised the substance, um, and I suppose you know, just to give you an example, people have used legalisation as a as a way of addressing the issues in relation to young people. And what Canada has actually found, legalisation has not had made any impact. Uh, in relation to reducing drug use amongst young people. So legalisation won't solve the issue here. So, and legalisation takes many forms as well, Joe. Um, you know, the, around the world, legalized, you know, there's different states in the US that have legalised, Canada has legalised, 
uh, the legalisation in in in, in Netherlands, and all of them differ uh, and vary greatly. Well, that's funny you should say that because I remember talking about this in the past, and someone explaining to me very clearly, maybe it was you actually, <laughs> that there's a difference between decriminalisation and legalisation. Yeah, very very much. So. I mean, I, I'm very much, as you know, Joe, I'm very much supportive of decriminalisation. Uh, decriminalisation basically says we don't treat it as a criminal issue; we treat it as a health issue, which which is what it is. Uh, people, when they when they turn to substances, you know, they're, they're often turning to them because what's going on in their lives as a way of coping. And certainly, what we're seeing amongst young people in particular, and especially now over the last year, it definitely has been exacerbated, is an increase in people experiencing extreme anxiety. And people will turn to cannabis as as a way of self medicating. Um, and so, so, so do you link the recent increase in cannabis use to the issues around the pandemic? No, it's been it's something that's been ongoing for the last number of years. You know, the it, even the HSE Drug Coordination Office took an unusual step a couple of years ago, which is to set up a a, a cannabis specific uh, group, a support group uh, to deal specifically with the issue of cannabis because it was presenting particular challenges. So it's something that's been and has the for supply a while. increased, Daniel? Um, certainly, supply is plentiful, and and the ways in which you can use it have increased. So at the moment, what we're dealing with actually at the moment that's been a recent trend is uh, people vaping uh, what, what they believe is THC, but what we, be- we understand to be a synthetic version of cannabis called spice. And that certainly is something that we have seen recently in city and, and also an increase in uh, what we call edible cannabis. So cannabis that is put into normally uh, kind of jellies, Joe, uh, and where we have huge concerns around that as well. So the, the ways in which cannabis has been consumed uh, and also then particularly the strength of cannabis is uh, is of huge concern. So I always say in the times of the Beatles, uh, the THC level, which is the, the, the key substance that gives you the high, uh, the, the THC levels were something in the range of 5 to 6%. But what we're seeing now is THC levels, you know, regularly in the range of 25%. Right. So, you know, so it just shows you the, the, the level yeah. of strength uh, I, I, we're I, mean, with. I think that's a great point because certainly a lot of people who may have experienced cannabis use even 15, 20 years ago may not be aware that the strength of it now is generally significantly increased. And you mentioned the jellies as well. I mean, they come in packets. They look like sweets. Yeah, and the thing about the edibles, uh, jellies, Joe, is that, you know, compared to smoking, um, they are essentially five times stronger because of of the way you consume them. They bypass certain parts of your body and and um, make them far more powerful. Uh, they take it takes them longer to come, on, to, to come on, so an overdose can be an issue in terms of, you know, uh, eating too much of them. And they, they, the high can actually last longer. Um, so that's what some of the research that's coming out of Colorado at the moment in relation to, to the substance. So they're of huge concern. And obviously, being edibles, Joe, they are quite attractive to young people. Um, mm. And that's where our concern is. We've had warnings come out uh, through the drug test forums to, to highlight the issue that it, it is a trend that's emerging across right. the country. And certainly we're seeing it locally as well. OK, we're talking to Councillor Daniel Butler. We also have Joe Slattery from JS Equine Assisted Therapies on the line. Uh, how are you, Joe? Yeah, I'm good, Joe. How are you? Not too bad. So what are your thoughts on this one? As I say, quite a bit of controversy again about it in recent days. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I agree with everything Daniel just said. And just to, even for myself, like I've been working as an addiction counsellor with adolescents for many years, specifically under aliens with drug use. And sadly, I'm not surprised at the, what came out in the papers about the high level of people being affected with cannabis use ending up uh, with a psychosis, you know. 
the, the, the cannabis, you know, the lay of the land has changed over the last 10 years that I've been working in it. And the potency of the cannabis is way stronger. But I think there's one area, so that, area here that we're not thinking about. If you, if you have adolescents that are using cannabis on a regular basis, as Daniel said, it's a mood-altering substance, which means it, it, it affects your brain. It affects how you think and it, it affects how you feel. If you're doing that over a regular period of time, then your brain adapts to this new chemical as, as being a daily intake. Uh, which will affect the long-term development of your brain because an adolescent brain is not developed yet. It's only going through the process until your early 20s before you know it's kind of fully developed. If you're taking cannabis from 12, 13, 14, and this chemical is adapting the way your brain thinks, that has long-lasting effects as well. You know, mm. but there's some of the reasons why some of the psychological issues or the drug uh, psychosis, uh, where it can come from, because the brain, your brain is just not suitable. It's not. And, with it, you know. And is cannabis relatively cheap on the street? No, and that's a, that's another issue. Uh, it's worth considering. It's a very expensive uh, drug to use. Uh, you know, if you fifty euros, a hundred euros for a small bag, and depending on what you're smoking, you can smoke that in a day or two, or obviously with with your friends. But the issue here is you have young because we're specifically talking about adolescents. They don't really have an income unless they're getting your know, money from odd jobs here and there. So a lot of times they're ending up in drug debt, which alone is a very stressful environment to find yourself in, you know. And at the time of getting it, I'll say adolescents are not thinking about how I'm going to pay for it. They just want the substance. They get the substance and then payday comes and there's no money there. But then you have drug dealers saying, well, I want my money, so I'm going to go to your door or you're going to sell your PlayStation or you're going to do whatever you need to do, you know. That adds a whole different level of stress in that uh, compounding the, the, the issues that they're already having, you know. Right. And what about the case that we have heard on this show made on a number of occasions about the positives of medicinal cannabis? Yeah, I mean, but that's probably, I, I doubt that's the same cannabis. You know, so if you're, if I... I think there's a really good debate to have with that. And I don't know the, the research on either side to say yes or no. But there's people out there that will say medicinal cannabis is very beneficial for people with illnesses, okay? So that, and that's like me saying to you when you're saying, oh, you know, people said prescription tablets and we have young people taking prescription drugs and they're saying, oh, well, you know, they're, they're good for you. They are if you have a medical condition that requires that you need it. And I think that would be the same attitude with medicinal cannabis. So if you have someone who has an illness and medicinal cannabis is suitable to treat that illness, then that's fair enough. But we're talking about adolescents who don't have illnesses that are abusing a substance that they don't need treatment for, and then you have side effects. So, you know, it's a very different debate when you look at it that way, you know. And your therapies have helped people have come to you with this situation? Well, see, if you take the take-one therapy aside, I've actually been an addiction counsellor working with a service within Limerick with adolescents for probably 10 years now. So that's where I've done most of the work with adolescents with drug use. The equine therapy came uh, as a, a side of that for people that are not good for speaking. You know, they're not good at verbal uh, office one-to-one, so the equine is for that. But as far as working, the most of my experience working with adolescents with drug use has been in, uh, you know, an office-based setting uh, working with adolescents with drug use, you know. So, but yes, the the equine is suitable for that. But I, I'm not here. I don't want to. I, I don't want to be here. To try to pitch the equine. That's. Ah, yeah, no, I understand you know? that. Yeah, it's, it's to talk about the seriousness 
of uh, the, the effects cannabis is having on young people on, on a daily basis, mm. you know. And I think we have to, as a nation, we have to change our narrative towards cannabis and ash of cannabis. It's, it's only a plant, you know, it's not that bad compared to other drugs. But that's not the case anymore. But the thing you know? is that, you know, a lot of pretty influential people around mm. the country, a lot of people that appeal to uh, the younger end of our population have a different view. And, I mean, it's a view that they um, legitimately hold and it's an argument that they make which probably appeals to the legalisation of the product. Yeah, I see. The issue is, it's we're talking about drug use, but I'm talking about drug abuse, okay? So there's a different level. So you have, if you say you have influential people that, you know, have good jobs and very steady lives and they smoke a bit of weed every now and again, Compared to someone you know who has no funding, who's smoking weed on a daily basis as a way of coping with maybe emotional issues or, or their environment that's delivered, that's drug abuse. That's a different level again. So I, you, you can't compare one situation to the next without having the full story and having an understanding of the level of abuse that they're using. You know, yeah. and I, I would be with Daniel on this very much that decriminalisation needs to happen. Uh, I'm not sure about legalisation, and I'm, I'm generally and. It's, I'm, I'm generally on the fence with because my issue is, okay, if you legalise it, then, okay, well, what's the criteria? Is there an age range? Who can get it? Who can't? Like, are they going to legalise it for adolescents? Which I doubt they would, you know. So you still have adolescents who want to get this substance. And if they can't get it in the chemist, drug dealers are still going to sell it. They may have to change the price range. You know, they may have to pitch it a bit differently. But young people will still get it. They'll still get into debt to get it, you know. And they'll still have those issues. So I don't think legalising it uh, will will resolve any of those kind of things. Yeah. Maybe for adults it will, you know, that are not go, that can afford to go to wherever this pharmacy is going to dispense it from and buy it legally. But the adolescents can't. But it won't make it less attractive to them. They're still going to want it, whether it's legal or illegal. Yeah. You know, and Joe, and Joe, like just, I suppose, like you know, it's always important. Like we always work with an evidence base, and look, we, Canada, like I say, is producing lots of evidence. Legalisation hasn't dealt with the underage use, and actually hasn't dealt with the the illegal um, uh, uh, production either. Because oh, I don't think it will. Obviously, over there, what's happened over there is that you know they they obviously are capping the THC levels. They're also allowing the CBD to be present, which is another part, like a important part of ensuring that it doesn't cause psychosis and can be used for medicinal purposes. But they've capped the, the strength of the THC, which means that they're, they, the criminal, criminal groups are still producing high levels of THC cannabis. Yeah, which is more attractive and, to drug and, and still selling it. And still selling and, it. And Daniel, money. I mean, is it, you know, proven by uh, the medicine and science around this that if you're unlucky as a teenager, you could end up having uh, mental health difficulties as a result of cannabis use well into adulthood or throughout your adulthood. Absolutely, Joe. Unfortunately, that is the case. I'm sure Joe will back this up as well. I'm sure he's experienced it. I've experienced, unfortunately, young people who have taken to cannabis and cannabis has induced psychosis in them, uh, you know, taken the form often of extreme paranoia. And unfortunately, they haven't returned to their former selves and they've had to re- receive psychiatric support for the rest of their lives and often medicated for the rest of their lives. Uh, and it's an unfortunate reality that does happen. Um, does it happen all the time? No, it doesn't. But it is a risk that you take. And, you know, it, it's important to know that cannabis doesn't create uh, psychosis, but it, it triggers it. Um, but it, you, psychosis can lay dormant uh, within you for all your life. And then you could take one uh, drag or you could smoke some cannabis and it, it would trigger it. And that's, the, that's an unfortunate risk that you take when you are taking substances. 
risks are, there are risks there. There are a lot of risks associated with drug use. And I suppose as, as a drug worker, all I can do is give people clear and accurate information and hope that they make better life uh, choices for themselves yeah, and yeah. ideally not to uh, use. All right. Well, listen, thank you both very much. Uh, very interesting uh, views from both of you this morning. Uh, Councillor Daniel Butler and Joe Slattery from JS Equine Assisted Therapies. We'd like to hear your views too. Call Limerick today now on 461995.